PACs are not going to be the thing that sort of has long-term survivability and longevity in your business. You have to fundamentally just become a very solid marketer across the board. This is The E-Commerce Leader, a show for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this shorter episode, we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects, fresh from our expert panel, Chris Green, Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, and myself, Let's jump in. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best Amazon stock management tool. How much has going out of stock cost you over the lifetime of your business? And what is it going to cost you this Q4? Eva predicts precisely what stock you need. It learns from your account and it improves constantly. Eva serves hundreds of private label seven-figure sellers. To get a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the call-in show, the hot takes with our expert panel, Jason Miles from California with Exciting Internet and Kyle Hamer over also on the West Coast of the States. I'm over here in London, England. Today, we are talking about external keyword traffic to marketplaces, Google SEO to Amazon. That's my boring kind of Germanic version. Jason's version is much sexier, which is using Google to create an unfair advantage on Amazon, which is what we all want. We all want an unfair advantage. So that's the topic today. Kyle and Jason, welcome to the show. Let's get cracking with this one. Let's get um, rolling. Kyle, you have worked with some clients on this Yeah, stuff. thanks, man. Happy yeah, to be good, here. Good to have you here as well. So the vagaries of international web traffic permitting, as long as we can keep broadcasting here. Kyle, tell us a bit about what you've seen of yourself or your clients doing this stuff. How sure. does it work? I think Amazon's always favored high quality traffic to their site and getting more of it, right? Who, What website doesn't want to have high quality traffic being sent to it. And so Amazon's algorithm essentially rewards that behavior. And so as long as you're using what would be termed as like a clean URL, you're not using anything that's been tainted by previous bad action because Amazon just tracked that. So essentially when you're sending traffic from a Google, from a YouTube, from a Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, any of those social platforms, high quality blog traffic as well, yeah, would qualify. And that's going and that's linking from that source to your storefront, to your product pages on Amazon. As that traffic comes in, you will see a, a lift in relevancy, right? And that can translate into higher organic position in search, which then translates to hopefully sales for you as long as you're converting. So then the idea behind it is well, how do you engineer, how do you build processes and systems to get that high quality traffic to your Amazon listings and to like your storefront page and all those fun things. The big picture is you get rewarded for taking good behavior and good actions, which is sending good high quality traffic. And there's definitely some ways to do that for sure. I'm happy to, we can talk about a number of them today for sure. Amazing. Yeah, that's a nice explanation of how it works. And yes, the proviso being it's got to be an untainted URL. Very important because Amazon is pretty judgmental and rightly because there are a lot of bad actors on any platform. Google's been fighting off various forms of attempted fraud for two decades. Amazon's been doing it for similar length of time, especially when they have the third party marketplace. So I would say a couple of things. I mean, first of all, what I've seen with clients is that it can work. It's a real thing. It's not just a theory. The thing I've seen that's very interesting for me is that I've had a couple of clients who've done it 
but they're employing an external agency and the external agency is run by one of the other members of the mastermind and they've blown up the agency in the last year from about six employees a year ago to 20 now so they're really gunning for this so they have a lot of belief in this as we've got a sort of in-house expert in this in fact and i haven't had a chance to pick his brain because he's been so busy like yourself generating children and generating an agency at the same time that uh, he's not had the time to come to the mastermind recently but certainly lots of insights come from him so i would say using an external agency that you trust and understands both sides of the equation is really helpful and both sides being the google seo side and the amazon seo and how it actually translates to sales on amazon so my experience is that in in general it's a really good thing so that's my hot take i've got some further thoughts on the back of conversations i've had with that guy who's called ashley pierce of future state media i should name him because he's doing great stuff for our guys so that's my take on it so uh, responses or second takes on that, Kyle, because obviously there's a bit more nuance than we've just outlined. Yeah, I would say that there's a, there's a couple of ways to go about this, too. One is you can focus on organic high-quality traffic, right? One underused resource is the Google listing, like the Google My Business listing. There's no reason why you can't create a listing for your brand on Google. If you have a physical address, you will have some level of physical address. You have to have one you're going to sell on Amazon. And you can then link that that Google listing to your products and to your Amazon stores, your website, right? And that's something that Google values and will rank highly for it. So that's an like, example of organic Google traffic. Now, are you going to get a ton of it? Probably not, but it, it's a cumulative thing when you start to build and stack things into that. But one, I guess the other way that I've seen this really work effectively as of late is just actually paid traffic. So using Google search ads to drive very targeted keyword traffic to your product pages and to your storefront. And the beauty of it is that you don't have to actually only generate a sale. Like oftentimes when you run traffic or something like you're always focused on what's the A cost, like what's the ROI? And that's true. But there's a halo effect that occurs when this is done properly to where your organic traffic will actually expand. And I actually just did a case study on this in May and I saw a 17% lift in organic traffic and actually organic sales on Amazon across four ASINs by using this exact same strategy. And it all, that's all we did for that month. And we didn't do anything new. It was just like, here, let's test this. And we didn't spend a ton of money to do it, but it had an exponential lift. So those types of strategies absolutely should be tested. Yeah, I was going to say just on that, what I think is beautiful about this strategy is that it leverages the nature of the different platforms. So Google, if you rank on Google through paid ads, you're not supposed to rank on the organic results. And whether that's true or not is a hotly debated. But on Amazon, there's no such division at the moment. Give it a couple of years right. and the, the antitrust legislation in America may kick in. But at the moment, that's not the case, meaning that you can basically use a clicks or let alone sales, even if no sales, a good click-through weights and its love of Amazon's love of external traffic to boost rankings, which as you say, will give you the visibility to then get future sales. And that's after all what we do when we pay a lot of money on Amazon ads or by reducing the cost of the products in a launch cost a lot of money as well so we're all as amazon sellers normally in my experience anyway very private label or custom product sellers anyway when we launch we spend a lot of money to get ranking so this is just an alternative approach so that strikes me as very logical jason what are your thoughts on this you're not such a sort of amazon focused guy but obviously you're an expert on google traffic yeah. over the years so what are your thoughts on this yeah there's a hack that i really appreciate that our clients frequently take advantage of or have taken advantage of in some occasions 
And that is getting earned media basically through large internet content providers. So the one I'm thinking of specifically is the Dot Dash company. They have a collection of internet websites that massively send traffic. We literally just got an email this morning from a coaching client who shared a link and his product on Amazon is featured in a listicle as like the best overall game or whatever with the link going to, to to his Amazon item. Now that will send, because that's happened to our company as well, Pixie Fair and other clients have received the same treatment from the Dot Dash Corporation. It sends a massive amount of traffic. It is a kingmaker, if you will. And so to the extent that you can organize earned media, and I would just say to any seller of a like private label product on Amazon, go look to see what dot dash articles exist in your niche or category. They create listicles and they, they publish the author name with a link. You can email them. So you could simply say, Hey, Emily. Hey, Christine. I love your article. I'm also in that space and actually have more reviews than anyone else. Or next time you update this article, please check out this product as well because make your case for it. You never know. You certainly could just approach the person who's making that listicle and they could feature you and you will have traffic like a landslide to your product. And that will trigger all sorts of benefits, not just the traffic itself, click through from the article, but to Kyle's point, all the other algorithmic benefits and boosts of such behavior because it's a super high quality thing. I remember you've talked about that before on the, the deep dive podcast that we've done about dot dash and yeah, to combine that, however, I think we talked about that more to, for D2C sites. So to combine that with the Amazon ability to convert traffic into sales, and that sounds quite extraordinary. What's nice about that is it has my experience of influencer marketing, and that's not exactly the same thing, but it's something of the flavor of it is that the, you have to work very hard and again Ashley Pearson my guy works incredibly hard he's got a background as a mechanical engineer and I can relate to that my grandfather and my uncle are when engineers and he says that engineering is a condition not a profession is the joke they have apparently so he is given to creating complex things and then he's the kind of crash test dunny for the rest of the group and he has done in the past a lot of like a, about 12 influence at the same time driving traffic to a listing and what I, what can happen is you get a great boost which if you get the timing which is hard to engineer it's great for launch but for an ongoing solution to the how do I get traffic, how do I get sales, how do I get ranking questions, it strikes me that having a link to a blog is a much more satisfactory answer to that. Kyle, what's your take on that? Have you, how does this compare with other external traffic sources going to Amazon or for that matter, other market? What I love about having something like a dot .dash or the Spruce and there's a whole family of websites that they have with it is that if they lock you in, they do a really good job of SEO. Like they rank really high for their searches organically and so people click in they go to those pages and then they click over using affiliate links typically to amazon now what's really fascinating to this to me this whole concept is amazon essentially measures we talked about not all urls being created equal right there are clean urls that are seen as good actors and there are bad urls that are seen as bad actors and if you've tried to send traffic from a nanny chat or anything like that from Messenger in the, in the past couple of years, you've seen that hack disappear essentially because that 
traffic was seen as a dirty or not at a clean URL anymore. But what is what's great is that Amazon measures the benefit of the that traffic to its to to the benefit of Amazon's company as a whole previously. So it's faded, right? So for example, Google has sent a lot of buyers to Amazon over <laughs> the last 20 years. So it has a high weighted value for its the spruce sends a lot of buying traffic to Amazon, a lot of customers come over. So therefore it gets a higher rate or higher weighted valuation in terms of how to rate that traffic. The biggest takeaway from this is that one extra the right external traffic can really move the needle for you. And and honestly as well, it traffic from like the Facebooks, the Googles, the YouTubes, the TikToks actually is going to be higher weighted or better traffic than even sponsored ads because Amazon's going to reward that traffic at a higher level than even their own internal traffic because it's coming from an outside trusted source that's proven to provide new customers in the past to the platform. Nice. Right. Very interesting what you're just saying, Kyle. So that, I guess there's a kind of two things that we traditionally associate with Google that obviously are going on at Amazon, but we mostly haven't had to think about it, which is kind of domain authority. And obviously Google has incredible domain authority for anybody else on the internet. And so does things like the Spruce or Dot Dash or any of these other huge uh, companies. But the, it's a kind of cascading goodwill, isn't it? I mean, normally most internet marketing funnels are sort of cascade of terrible conversion percentages, meaning that you get sort of 0.1% of 10,000 things at the front. But if you have Google, the most trusted thing on the internet for finding information for anybody, sending traffic to somebody like Dot Dash, which is very trusted by Amazon, and then Amazon is trusted by the consumers and they get incredible conversion rates. That feels to me like a sort of an, very unusual thing in instant marketing, which is a funnel where it's instead of narrowing precipitously, it's quite wide open. So you could end up with, I guess that's the effect that, that Jason was talking about, right? The crazy amounts of traffic that can result. I mean, have you seen, how does this, it sounds like my sort of painting castles in the air, as it were. Is that something you've seen or got any evidence for this way of thinking? Yeah, for sure. So what essentially can start to occur with that, right, is you can use Amazon attribution, which is they've had it in beta for years, but essentially they've rolled it out to everybody who is brand registered now. But attribution is essentially Amazon's ability to track external traffic and report that to you as a seller. Like they obviously can track all of their own metrics internally, but they haven't really surfaced that except in the last couple of years through Amazon's attribution program. So what you're doing is you're actually using specific tracking URLs for your external traffic. So if you're running Google ads or Facebook ads or influencers on TikTok or whatever you're going to do, you're going to have a unique campaign URL that's going to be assigned to it that they're going to use. And that's going to then literally track that traffic coming in. And you can see have the impact on your sales and you can begin to track it through that platform, which is essentially one of the missing pieces for sending external traffic to Amazon in the past. It's been a black box if you would tried it, you could test it and it, you would see things anecdotally start to work or not work or what was this converting or not converting. But now literally you can down to, for example, if you're going to run a Google ad with a search term, you can actually get search term level granularity like you would in sponsored ads and running that traffic over and seeing whether or not it's converting. The other thing I'll add to that is that Amazon's not only incentiv incentivizing this with organic ranking and love to your listing, but it's also now offering a referral, a brand referral bonus, meaning what they're going to do is typically on Amazon, you're going to pay 15%, right? As a, as a referral fee across for every sale that you make and varies a little bit from category, but in general, 15%. 
if you're using the brand referral bonus program as a brand registered seller, Amazon's actually going to credit back to you up to 10% of that 15% referral bonus. If you send external traffic through using an Amazon attribution link to your products and it converts. So essentially you get a, a credit back to send external buying traffic. So you get the net benefit of organic lift and good traffic. Plus you can actually track sales and you can really optimize it efficiently to make it, it probably won't be as comparable to safe sponsored ads as if you're running them and you're scaling it up and you have a really good A cost number. We've talked about before the cost of advertising, but you can make it to be fairly competitive with it. And honestly, it doesn't even matter. Even if you run it at a break even, the net benefit is you're getting more and more traffic coming in that's external. And so there's some love that occurs there. That's the way you would structure it is you would basically use Amazon attribution links, use the Google search campaigns, right? With the keywords and then track to see what you're doing from an organic standpoint and then what sales you're converting. Nice. It feels really a big change to me. I mean, Amazon's always played its card very close to its chest and it's been incredible. It's been such a black box, even for example, mm -hmm. organic impressions on Amazon. We don't get that data. We get sessions and everyone obsesses about it because it's what they see, but you have right. to assume that there's data behind that, that we're not seeing it. And yeah, this feels incredibly unusual for Amazon to be this open. And also what I think is incredible is what if you just nailed down is that the they are actually rewarding you for using attribution, which is really unusual because normally they just don't want to let anyone know. They don't want to let you know who your customers are. Or, so that yeah. I think it's a really amazing relationship change almost to me. And yeah, that's very powerful. And as you said, any situation where you can attribute things accurately, then you don't need to base whether you should do it on, I heard it on a podcast. It's, right. I heard it on the podcast. It's worth trying out. So the quality of the exactly. hypothesis needs to be there. And you're a great example of the fact that it is a quality hypothesis and Jason's point as well, both very powerful reasons to try it out. But then you don't have to guess whether it's working now. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it sounds so obvious to anyone who's used to running Google as to your own site. And yet in the Amazon universe, that feels very different to me. I would say, I, I guess if I'm putting another hot take in here, wrapping this up a bit, and depending whether we can get Jason back, great contribution anyway i would say just a bit of a reality check so i was speaking to ashley pierce the other day who as i say has scaled an agency to about 20 people who specialize in google seo so specifically google organic traffic to through they've got a team of writers now which is why it's expanded so fast who create quality blog content that's seo optimized for seo and then send the traffic on mostly to Amazon listings, even though the owners of most of the businesses he's working with would have their own direct to consumer site, they recognize that the conversion percentages are such that if it's going to make economic sense, it probably means going to Amazon, at least initially. Now, sure. the interesting thing is he's been talking to me about the updates. I don't know if you've seen this, but he said that Google's been playing with updates and the organic rankings for a lot of his client site and his own sites has been pretty much of a yo-yo recently. So that is one of the things that I'd be interested to hear if you've heard about this, but that's one of the general things I would make is that we're always vulnerable to somebody's algorithm. So if right. you're getting traffic from Google SEO, you maybe get the Google slap, as they call it, friendly way. Apart from the fact that it's not quick wins if you're doing organic SEO and it, it's, it takes time, but also I would say there's no such thing as free. And I think one has to be real about that. And anyone who's employing an agency, it's obvious it's not free, but the opportunity cost of doing it yourself, I think is something that people overlook. And I think that's sketchy accounting because just because it doesn't appear on a profit and loss account doesn't mean it's not real. It's just harder to put a value on it. but. 
I think that's the main thing I would say on that. Jason, how are you placed? <laughs> Any thoughts that you'd like to, to chuck into the party here? Yeah, I'll never get low internet quality services in California. <laughs> or don't have serve. I'm just kidding. My internet's so bad, I can't really participate in the conversation. So you guys have crushed it, as always. This has been great. And... Uh, See you soon. Yeah, great. So a warning from the edge there. Yeah, just yeah, I've spoken to people from all over the globe for this podcast. And I have to say that Bali, Mexico have so far beaten California for internet quality. So it's not always about location. But yeah, joking apart, I think what you were saying, Jason, was, is fantastic with the dot das or the spruce kind of way of thinking. And to your point, Kyle, with your more technical hat on, I think this does feel like not just another opportunity, but possibly something that could be a bit of a step change if done right. Yeah. What do you I think? think so. is, is this exaggerated or is it? No, really? I think it's it definitely it needs to be a change in strategy. So think about the iterations as a seller on Amazon, where there at one point where you could literally, if you could fog a mirror and put a product on Amazon, you can make money. 2014, 2013, even up to 2015. Then it started to get a little more competitive and you were essentially paying for reviews at that point, right? You could launch a product just pretty much by paying people to go buy your product and leave reviews and you get get some traction, you get launched, you could run some ads and you would be good to go. Over time, that shifted and changed. And then you saw this big push to this rebate giveaway model where you're giving away products and you then rebate people. And that was the whole ecosystem that kind of expanded and grew and a lot of these Amazon aggregators out there. So that was their whole like core business of how they grew brands. Last November, Amazon changed their TOS, literally cut off software providers that were doing that and said, nope, you don't get any more access to any of these APIs or anything, you're done. And so that has forced the shift now. So how do you rank a product? Because you do have a cold start problem on Amazon when you launch a new product. Nobody knows where your, your product's not even indexed. Let's be honest. When you first get launched on Amazon, so you start to get some sales and traction, you're not even going to be found in search. And then you also have the getting reviews and the social proof around it. So how then do you start to launch these products? So I would say that this particular strategy and focusing in on sending external traffic is a great way to get exposure get launched out of the gate so using you can use google ads at a low budget you can leverage influencer marketing right even if you work with only four or five influencers if you're pointing them to a launch you can engineer it you just have to be you have to plan ahead you have to make sure you have your influencers you have a launch date and you collaborate with that you can use that i would also say the other sort of huge elephant in the room talk about external traffic and this isn't specific to google necessarily but you can absolutely use google to build it isn't your own email list like that's going to be something that you know that algorithm isn't going to take away from you right like you're not going to be dependent upon organic seo rankings on google if you own an email list that actually knows likes and trusts you and and have buyers on it you can point that to your website you can point that to your amazon launch and all and these things stacking together, I think, are how people are finding the most success launching products right now on Amazon as a platform. Yeah, I love it. I, I, this is great. And it's one thing to be optimistic, but it's another thing to have really concrete, proven paths to testing stuff. And then you can prove for yourself. And I, that's what's exciting to me is that Amazon is opening the kimono a bit in, in that unlovely phrase <laughs> and letting us see what's going on behind there. 
I think they've had to. I think they've seen yeah. and felt pressure from Shopify. I think that's been the feedback driver from this is you have big brands that are like, hey, we have a Shopify store. We're paying Amazon for sales at 15% for a referral. Why would we want to send our own traffic to it? Obviously, if we can work on our own conversion, get it up there, like that is, is the net benefit there. And so I think Amazon seeing that, I think Walmart's also aggressively re giving back some of that referral bonus for external traffic as well. So I think they mm -hmm. saw what was happening around them and said, hey, we got to get in this game and really incentivize it. And so it's just the nature of the market. Great. Which says to me, this is here to stay because the external dynamics are forcing Amazon to do it rather. It's just an experiment right. they're running and going to shut down in three months. Fantastic. That's really good to hear. My take on this, just to bring this home, is it feels like back to the future. Back to the, the future is an echo of the past. Was right. it Mark Twain said that the history doesn't history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Google SEO and email marketing. Who would have thought it that we're talking about the original and, and I was going to say original and best, but original right. anyway, internet marketing sessions. And uh, what I think is interesting is that as Amazon has matured, it's not exactly aped the development of Google. But I, mean, I guess they consciously copied it in the earlier days. But I think they've ended up going something of the similar sort of routes because it comes down to trust. If you have a system mm -hmm. where you can run a bunch of ads and buy traffic, then you're going to lose the, the trust of the consumers who run the whole system even though right. the money comes from the advertisers for Amazon these days. But the ultimate so. thing that runs it is really the consumers who buy the goods on Amazon. So you've got to keep that trust. And I think if I go through all the sort of history of iterations of the platforms, you said organic, then buying ads, then the rebate and giveaway model, and now getting external traffic, a lot of it comes down to trust or pulling on trusted sources. So if you've got a quality sure. URL from the Spruce that is trusted by consumers, Amazon's happy to take it. So in the end, a lot of it comes down to the same thing, which is the customer obsession. And then looking at Amazon's response to its competitors. I think those two things are, are for me, solid ground because they're not going to change over time. If you like, I'm looking for the generalities that are going to stick over time rather than being one of those podcasts that says, this is the latest hack. And then in three months time, it changes because I just think that's quite depressing. And I think this has got some real momentum behind it. Hopefully yeah. it's going to stick a bit better than the search find buy thing, which as we all know is now actually banned. So I've interviewed exactly. so many people in the past who are podcast guests and then they're just, everything they're offering is now just redundant. And hopefully this has got some future. Look, sure. uh, we, we better wrap it up there. Any final 10 second summary for everyone, Kyle, because you seem very on the case for this. Two, two really important things. One, I think it really forces you to fundamentally build a solid brand because if you're sending external traffic, you have to be thinking about your brand off of Amazon. Just steps, sticking a label on something isn't going to get it done. It's not going to make it happen. And so I think you have to be thinking about your brand as you really start to scale that up. And then two, I think it also forces you to fundamentally just become a better marketer. Like you can't just get away with hacks. Hacks are not going to be the thing that sort of has long-term survivability and long longevity in your business. You have to fundamentally just become a very solid marketer across the board. And I think those are the two sort of fundamental shifts that this is causing and where they've gotten rid of all that stuff. Yeah. And once again, I would say it's like back to the future for me in the set. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but it, more of the same because there's been such a movement since I've come into the Amazon sort of world in 2014. Again, of those two lines of getting a real brand and being a better marketer has been a pressure upon us 
to the benefit of the consumers to do both those things. And I don't think that's really changed in a way. So I guess it comes down to a lot of the things, which is developing the skills and developing the quality of what you're offering uh, over time. As Jason puts it, the sort of craft skills of the e-commerce leader. So folks, if you've enjoyed today's show, just a final couple of things to say. First of all, thank you so much for watching or listening wherever you are. Do join us in the call-in app, which is a cool new app. Unfortunately, I believe only for iPhone at the time of recording, where we are every Tuesday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern time or 4 p.m. UK time, if that's where you're listening. Of course, do join us on one of our podcast platforms as well. Spotify seems to be really growing every month relentlessly. We're getting more and more followers there, which is great. We just passed a bit of a milestone in listeners and downloads as well, which is fantastic. So somebody's out there listening. And of course, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it as well. So if you can find us on Spotify or Apple, do leave a rating out of five stars as well. If you could get on Amazon, sorry, not Apple or on Spotify and on Apple, you can even leave a little written review. So if you can do that, we'd be very grateful. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening or watching wherever you may be in the world. And Jason, if you're listening <laughs> in California, good luck getting that internet sorted. Thanks very much, folks. That's it. Bye, guys. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.